1: Elizabeth II is celebrating her platinum jubilee, marking 70 years on the British throne. And what an innings it's been with a lifetime of public service and private challenges. In this Quiz Shortcut, we look back at her reign, what's in store for the jubilee celebrations, and what will come next for the scandal plagued royals in the wake of her leadership. Quiz Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. Let's start at the beginning, Claire. Elizabeth Alexandra Mary, now known as Queen Elizabeth II, was born on april twenty first, nineteen twenty six, the first child of Prince Albert, the Duke of York, and his wife, Lady Elizabeth Bowes Lyon.
2: Elizabeth was their first child and four years later, her sister, Princess Margaret, was born in August 1930. Albert and the Elizabeths and Margaret were set for a life away from the spotlight because Albert wasn't going to be king and Elizabeth wasn't being groomed to be queen.
1: But Albert did become king when his brother Edward was monarch for less than a year before abdicating the throne and moving to France with his wife, Wallace Simpson. She'd been married before and the rules at the time were that she couldn't be queen. And it was quite a thing. Uh, Albert had a
2: name change when he was crowned. He became King George VI and he shepherded the country through some really tumultuous times. George took over in 1936. World War II broke out three years later. He was terribly stoic through that period. He remained in Buckingham Palace throughout the Blitz, which was that big German bombing campaign on London in the early years of the war.
1: Elizabeth was very close to her dad, but he wasn't a well guy. He died in his sleep on the 6th of February 1952 at 56. They think from a blood clot which caused his heart to stop beating. It came as a huge shock to Elizabeth and her husband Prince Philip, who were on a big royal tour at the time. They'd only been married for a couple of years at this stage. And Claire, just to cover that off, Philip wasn't a straightforward choice for the future monarch.
2: No, and we have a shortcut on his life and times. We did that to mark his death last year. But to recap, he was born in Greece. His mother was a great-granddaughter of Queen Victoria, and she was born in Windsor Castle. Before Philip could marry Elizabeth, he had to get British citizenship and convert to the Church of England and also change his German last name to Mountbatten.
1: Elizabeth became queen on the day her father died in 1952, but she wasn't actually crowned for almost 18 months on the 2nd of June, 1953. So just a technical note, this year isn't the anniversary of her coronation. The jubilee marks 70 years since she became queen. Yep,
2: it's a good point. And as for the coronation, it was a big deal. The setting was Westminster Abbey. Her coronation dress was a gown of white satin and it was embroidered with the emblems of the UK and the Commonwealth in gold and silver thread. And of course, the crown, it had 1,333 diamonds and 169 pearls.
1: And that wasn't even the big crown, Claire. For the final ceremony, she wore St Edward's crown, which was made in 1661 of solid gold and weighing about 10 kilos. You wouldn't want to walk too far in that one.
2: No, but it was certainly worth the effort because her coronation was one of the events of the 20th century. Uh, It was the first time that the cameras had been brought inside the abbey, so it really pulled back the curtain on the monarchy. And historians say that it helped to bind the public to her uh, while also showing that she was willing to change with the times.
1: And before all of this, she and Philip had been living quite an ordinary family life. They had two little kids, Charles and Anne. Charles was in the Abbey to watch his mum's big day, but Anne was considered too young. Yeah. So just to recap, it was a shock to Elizabeth as
2: a 10-year-old to be put directly in line for the throne after her uncle abdicated. And then it was a shock when her father died suddenly and she and Philip had to step up. But from there on in, it was a life of 100% dedication to the crown.
1: And it's been 70 long and important years on the throne. Let's take a look back at her reign next. One of the chief parts of the job as monarch is keeping the vast Commonwealth together and humming along. In November 1953, so just over a year into her reign, Elizabeth began a tour of her domain and it was a big one. It went for seven months, Claire.
2: Seven months is a really big commitment. Mm. Uh, She started out in the West Indies uh, and went through New Zealand, Australia, the Pacific, Asia and Africa. She covered 44,000 miles, visiting 12 countries. And just on the Australian visit, Elizabeth and Philip were here for almost two months. When they arrived, they sailed into Sydney Harbour to a crowd of 1 million onlookers. uh, And that's out of a population in that city at the time of 1.8 million. And she went on to visit Australia another 15 times.
1: Claire, beyond the Commonwealth, the Queen has had a very active role on the world stage. Some of the more memorable moments have been with US presidents. Yeah,
2: and for listeners who have watched The Crown, you might remember uh, President Kennedy's trip to London in the early 60s. Uh, They made a lot of Jackie Kennedy's alleged criticism of Elizabeth's old-fashioned style and also the lack of chemistry between Elizabeth and Philip. Uh, Ronald Reagan, though, and his wife Nancy, they became the first pair to stay overnight at Windsor Castle. Uh, He and the Queen even went out riding. Barack Obama is also a fan. Uh, He called her... One of my favourite people.
1: And it hasn't just been meet and greets. Elizabeth has been active in trying to resolve disputes closer to home, too. Yeah, the Troubles, are one to call out, Uh, that was between Protestants
2: and Catholics in Northern Ireland. It was one of the defining conflicts of her time. And when a peace agreement was signed in 1998 to end the violence, Elizabeth accepted the invitation of Irish President Mary McAleese uh, to visit Ireland, and that trip was received with a warmth that helped to thaw what was a pretty frosty relationship.
1: She's not known for being an activist, but last year Elizabeth made one of the big addresses at the COP26 climate conference in Glasgow, urging leaders to act now, quotes, for our children and our children's children. Claire, Elizabeth has also been actively driving reform within her own institution.
2: Yeah, she sure did. Uh, The Succession to the Crown Act came into effect in 2015. It formalises the rules around succession, so it's no longer dependent on On gender. It puts an end to the old fashioned system of something called male preference primogeniture. Uh, That's where princes take precedent over their older sisters. Uh, And the reforms also allow royals to marry a Catholic and still become king or queen.
1: As well as future-proofing the Crown, there's been the challenges of navigating domestic politics, which is no easy task. Elizabeth has worked with 14 different Prime Ministers and weathered the political storms with them. Yeah. And where do we start with that,
2: Eliza? (laughs) From all accounts wartime, Prime Minister Winston Churchill was her favourite Prime Minister. Margaret Thatcher was her least favourite. The Queen and the Prime Minister have a special relationship regardless of their political party. Uh, She gives them a weekly audience where she has the right and a duty to express her views on government matters.
1: And during the past 70 years, Elizabeth has had to balance her public duties with her private struggles. 1992 was a particularly tough year. She called it her Annus horribilis, which is Latin for a horrible year.
2: There were racy phone calls between Charles and Camilla. Now, that was a whole thing because Charles was still married to Diana. Uh, Then to Sarah Ferguson and the toe-sucking scandal. Uh, (laughs) Pictures of Fergie surfaced on the front pages of newspapers with a new lover just after she and Prince Andrew had separated. Uh, Elizabeth and Philip were reportedly furious about that. Uh, The problems were mounting and it was that moment where uh, Queen Elizabeth had to to acknowledge that the royal family were in a bit of a mess.
1: And there was a reckoning when Diana died in 1997, and the royal family were called on to grieve publicly. Those family troubles weren't confined to the 90s, though. Recently, there's been a big schism between Harry and Meghan and William and Kate. Well, really, I suppose between Harry and everyone, Claire.
2: Yeah, it feels like that, doesn't it? Uh, the Sussexes stepped back from raw life in 2020. They moved to the United States uh, and their explosive interview with Oprah last year uh, was never going to end well in terms of happy families. And you'll remember that Meghan uh, said an unnamed member of the royals had speculated about how dark her son Archie's skin might be. Uh, it was hugely damaging to the family and now Harry is on the outer
1: And now, as the Queen looks increasingly frail, the world looks to what's on the horizon for the Royals. Let's get into that next.
0: Before we get into what might be in the news next week, a message from our podcast advertiser, BHP. This week, they're keen to share with squizzes how the resources they mine are key to the energy transition to renewable energy. Yeah, we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role resources play in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure, as well as in bridges, transportation, hospitals, and schools, and a big part of it comes from iron ore. BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Australian iron ore is clear. And by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Hedland. It's happening now at BHP, and if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes.
1: February the 6th marked 70 years on the throne for the Queen and this year will be full of celebrations to mark her Platinum Jubilee. Yeah, she's
2: not been very well, though. Mm. Uh, Elizabeth had COVID in February and had to cancel events after the palace said that she'd been suffering from mild symptoms. She recovered from that, but really it's been the latest challenge. Of course, her husband Philip died last year and more recently she fell and sprained her back. Uh, and back in February, she was heard telling some naval officers at Windsor Castle, and this is the quote, as you can see, I can't move, uh, as she stood beside them and leant on. On her walking stick.
1: Let's hope she gets back on track soon though because there's a lot to celebrate later in the year for the big platinum party, or at least that's what I'm calling it. The big <laughs> celebrations kick off in June when there's a four-day holiday weekend so people can come together throughout the UK to celebrate the big milestone. The big public parade is called Trooping the Colour, Claire.
2: Yep, there'll be soldiers in their regalia and RAF planes doing flyovers while the family watches on from Buckingham Palace's balcony. And don't forget the pudding competition, Eliza. <laughs> I know you've got an interest in that one. <laughs> I
1: could never forget
2: it. <laughs> uh, Britons are being asked to make a pudding fit for the Queen and there's a whole competition. Uh, members of the royal family are travelling around the world to mark the occasion and there's a Commonwealth initiative to plant a tree for the Jubilee. It's called the Queen's Green canopy.
1: It's a celebration of the last 70 years, but it's also clear that she's been thinking about what's next for the monarchy after she's gone. Recently, Elizabeth made comments about Charles and Camilla. She
2: said that Camilla should become queen consort when Charles becomes king. It's a sign that things have really moved on a great deal uh, and that Charles and Camilla are front and centre of the next generation on the throne. Charles will be a different leader. Uh, For example, he's very active when it comes to lobbying for action on climate change.
1: The prospect of handing over the leadership baton to Charles is happening at the same time as his brother is in hot water.
2: Yeah, that's Prince Andrew. This has been a huge issue for the Queen. First, Andrew's friendship with convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein and his partner Ghislaine Maxwell uh, and his recent multi-million dollar settlement with Virginia Dufresne. Uh, More recently, he's also been asked to explain why he received a million pounds uh, in payments linked to a business advisor named Selman Turk. He's before the courts on fraud charges at the moment.
1: There had been commentary that Andrew should be exiled from public life altogether, Claire. So Royal Watchers were shocked when he made a big public return at Prince Philip's memorial service in March. He was at his mother's
2: side as she slowly walked into the church. Some critics say that it overshadowed the event that Elizabeth had put a lot of her personal time and energy into organising. Others said that it amounted to a seal of approval from Elizabeth and that her favourite child had been forgiven.
1: Andrew and his problems haven't been her only headache of late, though. Kate and William's tour of the Caribbean revealed that the former colonies have been inspired by Barbados to cut ties with the Commonwealth and remove the Queen as their head of state.
2: Yeah, it was quite a brutal tour for the pair. Mm. Uh, The Republican movement here in Australia has been trying to restart the conversation about the process of appointing an Australian head of state, but it hasn't really picked up momentum, certainly not yet anyway. But it's clear that it's a live issue in other parts of the world.
1: Yeah, lots of challenges ahead for the Queen and the next monarch to lead the institution that Prince Philip used to refer to as the firm. And that's your shortcut to the Queen and the future of the royal family. Now, on to recommendations. recommendation, Claire, is the infamous Emily Matlas interview with Prince Andrew. This was on the BBC in 2019 and this was the moment where he told Matlas that he didn't sweat and various other memorable lines. I would have loved to be a fly on the wall watching the Queen, watching that interview.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was really quite something. Uh, I'm going to recommend the 2006 film The Queen starring Helen Mirren. Uh, it was written by Peter Morgan who has gone on, of course, to The Crown. Uh, it- It's a great movie and talking about all of this has inspired me to watch it again. I'm going to do that over Easter. Uh, It's on binge and it's on Prime.
1: Oh, yeah, I might join you with that one too. Uh, It's actually a great movie. Uh, Thanks so much for listening in. If you like what you've heard, please tell people about our shortcuts. You could also leave us a review or share a link on your socials. Just spreading the word really helps us to grow. Plenty more episodes for you to have a listen to too, so get into that when you can. Until next time.
0: Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us, tell your family, tell your barista, tell your hairdresser, whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.